Well, we continue this morning through our study in the book of Romans. We are in Romans chapter 5. We're going to be looking at, kind of, Romans 5 chapter, uh, verses 12 to 21, but we're going to look at it in two parts. First part, this Shabbat. Second part, another Shabbat. And we're going to look at it beginning and end and then middle. Beginning and end and then middle. The beginning and end is called therefore and the middle is called the amazing parentheses. The amazing parentheses. So let me read verses 12 to 21 written in indubitable Paul the Apostle style with incredible run-on sentences and a lot to digest, which is why we'll be doing it in two weeks. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Now, how many of you are following along with me in your Bibles? Who has a parenthesis there? Is it just me? You have a parenthesis there. Anybody else? Some of the versions have a parenthesis, yeah. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who was a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Yeshua HaMashiach, abound to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came for many offenses resulted in justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Yeshua HaMashiach, end parenthesis. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Yeshua HaMashiach Adonino, our Lord. Let us all say together, Amen. I think you could spend a month reading this one section of Scripture. And I still think there would be more to learn and more to understand. How many of you attended our Simcha retreat Memorial Day weekend? Do you remember the title of the retreat was Reading Moses, Seeing Jesus? If you can't go back to the Hebraic underpinnings of what is written here and see Yeshua, then you need to go back and study it again because it's here. And I hope to explain it in a way that makes it, if not crystal clear, at least clearer, okay? So we begin again in verse 12. Therefore, 
just as through one man sin entered the world. Now, the Greek word here for man is anthropos. In other words, it is a distinction between man and any other living thing, whether it be animal or vegetable. Just as through one human being, sin entered the world. And the word for sin here is hamartia. And my Greek pronunciation I know is terrible. So if there are any Greek scholars here today, I would ask that you forgive me for my pronunciation. But I want to get a little bit of an understanding of what hamartia or sin really means in regards to righteousness versus condemnation. It means missing the mark of the true goal and meaning of life. Missing the mark of the true goal and meaning of life. And that missing of the mark entered the world through one man. Now you say, how could that be? Well, turn with me to Torah. Genesis chapter 2 and beginning in verse 15. Genesis chapter 2 and beginning in verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. By the way, an interesting side note that was brought up by Dr. Postel. Where was Adam created? Inside the garden or outside the garden? Outside the garden. But God took him and put him in the garden. Verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. What was God's intention for mankind? That they would surely live. That was the goal. Live physically and spiritually, eternally in his presence. And yet they missed the mark. That was the sin, the sin of the one man, Adam, who kind of said, okay, I hear you, God, but now, you know, I've got five kids, so I've got five times the experience of, of a lot of people, but I know a lot of times when I give instructions to my kids, they hear the sounds, but not the words. You follow me? And it's kind of as if Adam heard what God said, but he paid more attention to what the snake said. Therefore, just as through one man's sin, missing the mark of God's goal for true meaning in life entered the world, and death through sin. In the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now, you can't get much clearer than that. And thus, death spread to all men. Now, there's lots of different interpretations of what this means. I believe that the death sentence became a genetic passing on from Adam to every subsequent generation. And by the way, the only way that genetic defect can be corrected 
is through death, burial, and new life. And that's what Yeshua came to do, to give. Thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Now you need to jump down to verse 18 and just bear with me till next week or the week after when we do verses 13 to 17. Verse 18. Therefore, just as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men. Turn with me to Genesis 3, verses 22 to 24. Genesis 3, 22 to 24. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like, it's almost like that should be kind of like, <laughs> one of us, to know good and evil. By the way, man didn't know how to deal with the knowledge of good and evil. He's become like one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. How many of you have ever heard of the phrase, the dispensation of grace? How many of you have ever heard that that dispensation of, dispensation of grace only occurred after the death and burial and resurrection of God's Son. This is ultimate grace right here. Why? Because God would not allow mankind to reach out and eat of the tree of life and therefore be eternally in sin and without Him. So, verse 23, Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man. He placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. And we should add in our own understanding, by his grace. By his grace. And so because of the one man's offense, judgment came to all men. Now, the word here, judgment, in the Greek has a very interesting understanding. It means to divide or separate. God took the man out of the environment he was intended for. He divided and he separated him from what was promised because of man's disobedience, and that was God's judgment, but it was also God's grace. And that judgment, Scripture says, came to all men resulting in condemnation. Well, isn't that special, Lord? I'm born condemned. Yes, I was. And as they say in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, so were y'all. Born condemned because of the one offense of the one man item, Adam, who because of his one offense... Sin came into the world, and death, which was the wages of sin, came into the world, and that death spread to all men and women because all sinned, because that's our heritage in Adam. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so, Even so, there's a song. 
Even so, through one man's righteous act, what was righteous about Yeshua's act? It was obedience. What was unrighteous about Adam's act? It was disobedience. Therefore, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men. What did it cost you to gain salvation? Nada. In my head, I know what I want to say, but I can't say that because I'm in a sanctuary. Nada. Nothing. Except obedience. Except obedience. Um, I didn't get my son's permission, but I'm going to rat on him anyway. My youngest son, Sam. He has a propensity, as do all teenagers, to make sure that everybody around him is always correct. Anybody have a teenager? In other words, when you say something to him, he's got to make sure you say it correctly. He's got to make sure that it's phrased correctly. And he has to make sure that you understand that he understands that what you said was not exactly right. And he needs to make sure that you know that he knows that this is the proper way to do it. Instead of simply saying, yes, dad. Right? Can you excuse me a second? Can you please um, take this downstairs? Mom needs it tomorrow morning. Why does she need it tomorrow morning? Sometimes I wish I could say, what's it to you? (laughs) I asked you to obey, and the answer is yes. God asked Adam to obey, and the answer should have been yes. But the answer was no, and so we're born with no in the pit of our hearts. And the basic underlying spiritual, soulful foundation of the word no is me, myself, and I. What's the first word a child learns to say? No. Five times. Anybody else have a different experience? No child of mine ever said please first. No child of mine ever said dad. And even though with all of them, we go, mom, 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 no. You think that's by accident? As through one man's offense, judgment came to all men and little babies, resulting in condemnation, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. Now, we've talked about it before. That word justify in Greek is the same word as righteous. In other words, you became righteous-fied, but you can't say that in English because an English grammarian will mark your paper in red ink and mark you down a grade, and then you have to take them back to the Greek and correct them like my son corrects me. Verse 20 And this is a hard one for some to understand, but I don't think it has to be that hard. Moreover, the law, the Greek here is nomos, the law entered that the offense might abound. What? 
oh, so the, we, God gave us the law so we could sin more. No. God gave us the law because he loved us. But now we have 613 I want you to obey instead of just one. What are the chances we're going to do better? Not good. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. In other words, might be made to increase. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. This is God's ketubah with Israel. Who does not know what a ketubah is? It's a marriage contract. This is God's marriage contract with Israel where he says, love me and love everybody else. And it's only 10. This is before the other 603 were added. Just 10. How many did they break within 30 days? Pretty much all of them. And then, these are the Ten Commandments. Remember the first, depending how you read it, five or six regards loving God. The, the last four or five, depending how you read it, regards loving your fellow man. Now turn to Leviticus 19. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel and say to them, you shall be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. I can't be holy. Only God can be holy. Remember the judgment that God brought upon mankind? It was a separation from what was supposed to be. Well, to be holy is to be separated from what shouldn't be. Did that make sense? In other words, the judgment was to separate mankind from what God had promised them. Our holiness is to separate ourselves from what the world has promised us. Be holy, be separate, be different, be unique, and sometimes be a little strange. Because I am separate and holy and unique and different and a little strange. After all, there's only one person who can speak things into existence. And then if you follow along, verse 3. Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father and keep my Sabbaths. How many commandments are mentioned there from the ten? Two. Right? Keep my Sabbath. The two times the Ten Commandments are are, are discussed in Scripture, both in Exodus 20, Deuteronomy 5. One time we're to remember the Sabbath because of creation. The other time we're to observe the Sabbath because of redemption. God says, keep my Sabbath and revere, honor your mother and your father. Oh, by the way, what was the blessing that came with honoring your mother and your father? That it might go well with you in the land which I'm giving you to possess. You would think that that would be a good incentive. No. Okay, let's go down to to some more, okay? Um, Verse 10, you shall not glean your vineyard, nor shall you gather every grape of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the stranger. I'm the Lord your God. In other words, look out for others before you look out for yourself. That's the last five commandments. Verse 12, I'm sorry, 11, don't steal. Did you find that in verse 10? Are Are you listening? Yes. Oh, how about uh, don't deal falsely or lie to to one another? Was that in the first 10? Uh, Yes. Uh, Verse 13, don't defraud your neighbor. That's stealing. Was that in the first 10? All right, you're catching on here. Verse 14, 
Don't curse the deaf. That's not in the first 10. But boy, is that a big one. Think about the implications of that. You're cursing someone who doesn't have the ability to hear you. (laughs) Tell me about it. Or how about, don't put a stumbling block before the blind. Do you understand the seriousness of what he's talking about? Be different than the world. You shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty, but in righteousness you shall judge your neighbor. Don't be a tear-bearer, that's false witness. Verse 18, you shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Do you want to know how to be holy like God is holy? You love him and you love others. You love him and you love others. The law entered that the offense might abound, because guess what? Everything that's written in Leviticus 19, the children of Israel did over and over and over again. They did not obey. The offense increased as the law was given. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. How many of you, like me, messed up more than 10 times before you came to faith? Where sin abounded, grace abounded more. That is not liberty to sin. It's a statement on the condition of mankind. Because when grace is taken advantage of, it becomes license. I'll just sin like the devil because God forgives me anyway. No judgment is judgment. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more so that as sin reigned in death, and please understand that's a twofold death, physical and spiritual. As sin reigned in death, even so, grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Yeshua HaMashiach, our Lord. Kind of reminds me of the drosh this morning. Well, I understand all of this, God, but somewhere in Scripture there should be a verse where God says to humanity, but what? Avalma in the Hebrew. It's even, I mean, it even goes so far as to the children of Israel's understanding of God in the wilderness when there was no food, there was no nothing, and God gave them supernatural provision from heaven every day. And you know what Israel called it? Manna, you know what the translation of manna is? What's this? Ma, what? Nah, this. They called it, what's this? You know what they should have called it? Praise God. This is amazing, God, but what's this? Can I have some ketchup? Maybe a little salt and pepper? 
how about some garlic? As opposed to, you've given me all that I need. And on the Shabbat, Lord, when we're supposed to rest, you've made all that I need last for two days. I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to me. Do we believe God's word or not? Are we really listening to what he has to say or not? Are we letting it penetrate or not? Are we just giving him ear service but paying attention to Fox News more? Oh, ye of conservative bent. I have a confession to make. I don't like Fox News either. I'm tired of agendized news. I've even started listening to public radio. (gasps) Do you know why? Sometimes they have stories that aren't about politics. Praise God. As a matter of fact, on your way home on Saturdays, if you stay late, uh, 2 o'clock and 3 o'clock on Fox Radio, they have segments where people tell their stories. That's all it is. Witnesses of what's happened to them. And they're not professional speakers. They're just ordinary people. How about that? I think we need to listen up, dear ones. I think we need to obey without explanation, dear ones. I think we need to get the word but out of our language when we talk to God, dear ones. I need believe that we, we need to believe what he says when he says it even though sometimes it doesn't make any sense. I sometimes wish I could preach this message to every 13-year-old in the world so that they would honor their mother and their father so that it would go well with them. Yeah, but you don't understand. My mother and father, they're just like so old school. Here we go with the explanations. I hear what you're saying, Dennis, but no buts. And I'm not God, but no buts to me either. I wish I could teach it to everybody in a congregation who says, you know, I would love to tithe, but like there's just at the end of the month, there's not enough money left over to tithe. Do you know why? You got it backwards. You got it backwards. The tithe is first. And when you give the 10% first, All of a sudden, money's left over at the end. I don't know how it happens, but it does. And oh, by the way, it doesn't make sense. Believe me, it doesn't make sense, because I've argued with him. What? At least I didn't say but. What? He says, I told you to do it, and it'll work out. Okay. That's my reserved way of saying, yes, Lord. (laughs) Okay. And sometimes after you say, Okay, the first month. Okay, the second month. The third month, you go, here it is, Lord. Or the third month, a young boy or a young girl says to their mother and father, I love you. And I know that there are many of us who have not had the best mothers and the best fathers. 
God doesn't say honor your mother and your father only if they've been good to you. Oh, let that sink in. Because a lot of us have been deeply scarred by our mothers and fathers. Guess what? They had a hard life too. Boy, I got off track, didn't I? Avinu Malkainu, our father and our king. Let us hear when you speak. Let us obey when you command. Let us ask forgiveness when we miss the mark. And let us praise your name for your grace. I pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen. Let's stand for the benediction. Reminder that uh, the Oneg is downstairs for those of you ladies who were involved in the Secret Sisters program. Please, don't eat fast, but eat less because there's more to eat at the Secret Reveal. And that begins promptly at? 1.15. Very good. May the Lord, may the Lord bless and keep you. May his grace and his face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, and give you peace. Yivarecha Adonai v'yishmerecha Yair Adonai panave lecha v'chuneka Yisa Adonai panave lecha v'yaseim lecha shalom v'yaseim lecha shalom This is the way you shall be blessed From day to day, he'll be your rest. This is the way you shall be blessed. From day to day, he is your rest. May the Lord, may the Lord bless and keep you. May his grace and his face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, and give you peace, and give you peace, and give you peace. Baruch atadonai Eloheinu melech haolam borei periha gafen. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who creates the fruit of the vine. Baruch atadonai Eloheinu melech haolam hamotzi lechem min haaretz. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.